Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and we have with us the one and only Gary V. Hey, Gary. How are you? So excited to have you here. All right, so we made it. It's 2021. Here we are. How has your perspective changed coming into this year? What are you thinking about that maybe was a little different than this time last year? You know, it's not super macro. It's actually very individual. It's not about, you know, I am so fortunate through the circumstances of my childhood that I think I've been built around simplicity and gratitude around my whole life. So I don't miss anything. Like I love when I'm stuck in a house for a year and I love when I'm traveling, I love when I'm with my family all the time or when I'm away, I yeah. don't, I, you know, so I'm not like, I, I don't wanna be away on the record by the way, but, but it's okay. Like, I think that um, what I'm going with is I've been on a journey where I realized the missing ingredient for me taking myself to the next level was something I call kind candor, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a tough guy on stage and on video, but as a manager, um, and you probably know this, interacting with my people, like I'm soft. Yeah. I'm very emotionally mushy to the point where I became non-confrontational, mm-hmm. which blows people's mind when they know the persona, but they don't know yeah. me. Yeah. And I realized over time that led to entitlement. It led to people being caught off guard when I fired them. And yeah. it's, last year was a good year where I really practiced for a million different reasons of things that have happened in my life, getting better at that. Mm-hmm. And I paid huge dividends. And yeah. so if you're, you know, to answer your question directly, continue the momentum around kind candor, because I feel like it was the element that was most missing from all the other things that I think I do extremely well. Yeah. Um, and I call it kind candor because I think candor a lot of times for my managers, my people, is an excuse to not be nice. Yeah. You know, I'm keeping it real, sorry. Well, that doesn't work, like, you know? And so um, I kind of created this term, I'm trying to scale it inside the company and it's really working for me personally. It was the biggest thing I needed, hence the biggest thing my company needed. Because I think a lot of people that are good at candor were scared to deploy it at Vayner because it's such a warm and fuzzy feelings. And so they get more in trouble for that. On the flip side, you know, you need that to have balance to the beautiful culture you create. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited to, you know, I operated a lot last year, head down, focused, tried to make the business as efficient as possible. I want to continue that momentum. I also want to innovate, right? I want to keep leaning into things like Clubhouse, virtual realities on my radar. I think Oculus is taking that next step, Um, you know, continuing to make my craft better around content and media, which is what I'm known for. So those are some of the things that come to mind. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you feel, it's so interesting because everything always comes back to self-awareness. Like the next level is always a level of us figuring out where we're strong, where we have an opportunity and growing. And I love that you just shared that for you. Do you feel like that came about as awareness this year because of the fact that everyone was remote and you were remote and it's leader no or like how did no. that come up for you it, it was happening before it was just me being self-critical of what's not working personal life and business life okay. and i'm like if i shot it straight 
if I could shoot it straight a little bit more instead of saying everything's fine, everything's fine, even though filling up my bucket before I would tip over would be like filling an ocean, you know, yeah. eventually still fill the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. I relied on the fact that I could eat a lot of crow in any situation. And most people's bucket looks the size of a soda can, which is why yeah. so many people are mean to each other. And, yeah. You know, people that are great are a bathtub, but I'm really truly not the ocean, but I'm a pool. So you could put a lot of pellets of not good before I kind of tipped over. Um, yeah. But it, but it still became a vulnerability and I became, I was aware of it. I was much like my health transformation that happened in my late thirties. It was in my mind that I knew it was the thing that if I could do better and I thought I was, I, I was gradually getting better but not at the speed that was required based on the ambitions I have. And so yeah. that, um, no, it wasn't COVID. It didn't even accelerate it. It just happened to coincide with it. Okay. Um, so, you know, I mean, if you're at, if you're kind of, and I see your two questions, if you're kind of leaning down COVID, I think those kind of things taught me what we don't have to do in the future. Like, I don't yeah. have to fly to Chicago for a single meeting. Yeah. You know, I don't have to wake up at six o'clock or take a red eye because that huge meeting in New York that I have, and I'm in San Francisco the night before, well, that could be a Zoom meeting. I'll take it at 6 a.m. in my hotel with some yeah. K-cup coffee, yeah. right? Do the meeting and then head to the airport and be efficient on the call, be efficient on the flight. So, a lot. I'm really excited about the health benefits oh my God. that I'm going to get as an ambitious person who loves their craft. I'm I'm going to travel less. I'm going to travel more strategically. By the way, on the flip side, there's a lot of cool places I go that I don't even get to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll fly to London for a meeting and come back. Yeah, but yeah. maybe but now I can do. T- travel less, but extend it and be more intentional because you don't have to go. There's so I'm still, much. I'm still going to have a huge meeting in New York, but it doesn't have to be physical. It could be like this and that changes everything. So that's huge. Um, that, that one stands out the most. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the efficiency is huge and, and the impact on sleep and health and family and all the other things of not physically needing to be present. It's kind of an adaptation that I feel like the world was so far behind technology. And this was like such a catalyst for people recognizing how we could better utilize the tools we already had. We already were aware of, you know, in a different way. Right. Correct. So tell me a little bit about uh, what your thoughts are on Clubhouse, because you mentioned it. You know, how do you intend to use it with your organizations, you personally, your team? Like, tell me just what your initial your initial perspective is on that. Audio consumption is a monster. That's why I've, you know, I've been saying that for a long time. It's yeah. passive consumption. People yeah. are consuming conversations on Clubhouse by putting their phone down and just listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it's another place to bring value to the community so I can go on there and answer questions and things of that nature. Um, I'm really looking forward to that and and I've started doing that. It's a place to learn, it's a place to hypothesize, pontificate, you know, conversate. I think it's a really cool platform and I think it's got a lot of potential for monetization, for content production long-term. So it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes but it's definitely definitely has my attention. Yeah, it's it's been a surprise, you know, because when things pop up, like you never really know, you know, what's going to come of it. Is it going to be productive? Is it going to be useful? But I, I think it's definitely an obvious. And I think for me, what I've seen going on it is it brings about 
collaborations and connections that you may have not formally set up otherwise that then allows you to cross audiences with people. Of, well, now you're talking about networking. Yeah. Right? To your point, right. it's set up like everyone went to a conference and here's a dinner table yes. where people are chatting and people are hanging around listening to the conversation. That happens in real life at fancy conferences and things of that yeah. nature, which then leads to relationships. And that's exactly right. I think, you know, yeah. there's a there's a there's a really incredible element to the platform that's obvious to me and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I think it's, I think it's really interesting when you look at just audio in, in general, and you look at like reducing friction for purchases and you look at like the world of like online entrepreneurship and marketing, what are some things that you think that all online marketers and entrepreneurs need to be thinking about in terms of like audio purchasing? Like I'm surprised that marketing, like the, the short, audio, like with Alexa or, you know, some of these other things hasn't taken on more momentum than it has. Like it hasn't become as mainstream as I thought it would by now. That's what always, that's what always happens with new technology. You know, like, you know, look how long it took for mobile phones to really, you know, it takes time or, or social networks or things of that nature, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about like, Hey, Alexa, order my pizza and it comes, you know, I really do believe that that is in the horizon. And I think podcasts, things like Clubhouse, get people more accustomed to audio. I, I think that it's consumer behaviors that you just have to wait to become true. But like, yes, I think on-demand in, in consumption of audio from a device that's omnipresent in your life, whether in the car or in your um, in your home, is going to be a big deal whether it happens in 36 months or in 72 months that will be you know left to see right, but right. but i think it's i could i'd be shocked if we don't see meaningful usage around the, the google home or the alexa um somewhere here in this decade yeah i i think so as well is there anything specific that you're focused on you know, with your brand as it relates to that specific medium? Because I know it's it's kind of quiet right now, but I feel like what's going to happen is it's it's going to catch up to people, right? So it's like- what always happens. Come, yeah. yeah, so it's going to come to a point where that is how people are- Yeah, what I'm, what, what, what I'm doing is creating as much video and audio, video really, so that I can strip the audio and build a library so that I can manipulate the things that I've put out. That's why I have a search engine, right? If, you know, if, if yeah. you go to search.garyvaynerchuk.com or if you yeah. Google Gary V Gary V search engine, you're going to find a place where you can literally type in any word and see me saying it. Yeah. And and with that data, I'm going to be able to manipulate that data long-term to eventually be like, hey, Alexa, what does Gary V think about Clubhouse? And then I'll just start yeah. talking. <laughs> I love and that's, it. That's, so that's where we're going with it. And I think that's pretty damn cool. It is. It is. That's really cool. No, it's, it's so smart. And I do think, I do think it will come to a point where it becomes really important. So I'm, I'm excited to hear your perspective on that and, and what you're doing with it, because it's definitely going there. I just love, I'm so excited that podcasting has continued to grow and grow and I think become even more powerful. I know obviously it's been a huge focus of yours for years. It's been a huge focus of mine for years. Is there anything specific that you are thinking about right now with podcasting, with your show? Is there anything different or any unique perspective that you're bringing into the next evolution of podcasting? I think that, you know, 
the thing that everybody needs to think about is using the podcast as a starting point, not an end point. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sure that when you kind of talk to my team, that was an eye opener for you, right? You know, like I use the podcast to be the starting point, right? I do television, I do shows, I do things as starting points. Mm -hmm. The video right now that that is on my Instagram that has 1.3 million views of of something me and Drew Barrymore talked about with Netflix and theaters was, you know, that's why I went on the Drew Barrymore show. It's fun to be on a show and all that, but the actual audience that I'm going to reach is actually gonna happen in social more than, so I would tell everybody who has a podcast right now, if you think of your podcast as a starting point and then you're taking the video of, and I, I think everybody who does a podcast should be video recording. If you take the clips of the video of you, yeah. of a moment in the podcast and you use that as the content that you put out into the world on the Snapchats, and Instagrams and TikToks of the world, I think you'll be surprised how strategic your podcast will come. So I think first and foremost, that's what I wanted everybody to hear, the strategy behind podcasts as a starting point versus an yeah. end point. Uh, number two, I, I am thinking about like pillars and like, like, do I wanna create a little more structure, make Fridays a Q&A day? Do I wanna have one big guest on Mondays? I, we've been playing a little bit with that, yeah. but nothing, nothing specific yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I get that. I've been I've always kind of bobbed and weaved in and out of that as well. But I think I think the most important thing is staying excited about the work that you're doing with it. Like I think that's that's the end, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean to me, what really makes me sustainable is I'm excited about the things I'm passionate about, whether it's you know kindness, whether it's you know practical optimism, as I would call it, whether it's you know business or emerging social networks or you know garage selling or or sports cards i'm i'm sustainable because i only spend my energy on the things i'm interested in which yeah. give me passion which then is the fuel to actually stay yeah. consistent yeah it, it's the energy that that fuels it for sure no i i totally agree so i would love your perspective on this and this is kind of so and i i just want to hear kind of what your thoughts are you know television right? Television just in general, right? We've seen like such a dilution and, and sprouting out into all of these different platforms, right? Where do you think that goes? And, and how do you think entrepreneurs should be thinking about that? Do you see getting to the point where like privatized, you know, consumption on more niche sites becomes more of a focus or like, how do you see that evolution playing out? And how do you think that relates to the world of entrepreneurship? Well, I think television as we know it is no longer here. The yeah. the internet has eaten up television. Yeah. So what made television important and interesting to people was there was limited slots yeah. and, the, and a lot of people watched it. And so the people that got those slots built awareness. Yeah. You know, YouTube came along and obviously changed that variable quite a bit. But now television itself is Netflix has a lot of power right now, but even as it's exploding, you're seeing things like Disney Plus and yeah. and you're seeing yeah. things like, you know, um, ESPN Plus and you're seeing things like Hulu and, and yeah. Amazon Prime and, you know, HBO Max. I mean, you're seeing, and, and by the way, it's not gonna stop. You're gonna see more, yeah. you're gonna see expansion and then fragmentation, but the reality is, is that OTT has changed everything. A, it's eliminated commercials. 
Yeah. It, you know, in some of the bigger platforms, there's still platforms like Hulu and others that have it. But even then, the commercials can be so much better now yeah. because you could target in a different way than television. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody who's listening right now, like, and this is what I wrote in 2008, and it's becoming more and more true, everybody can become a personal brand. Yeah. Everybody can build a brand around their likes and wants and needs. Yeah. And I think doing podcasts and doing YouTube and doing Clubhouse and you know, all leads to chance of doing an OTT show and da, 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 and that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's, I think it's interesting. And, and I think that it will continue to evolve. I, I, what interests me and what I kind of, what's swirling around in my head is I feel that there's such a massive movement in the world of entrepreneurship and, and business owners and education around that space and, and agency work and all of those things. And yet there, there hasn't really ever made it to mainstream educational entrepreneurial TV. Which it, I think is, yeah, I think um, because TV is not about information. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it just, you know, TV is about entertainment. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I think when you, when you hit on the entertainment part, you can educate Shark Tank educates, the yeah. profit educates, sure. but it's, but it comes to the package yeah. of entertainment. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think in TV terms anymore, people have smart TVs and the amount of YouTube videos of information that's being consumed is staggering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting and it's, it's giving even more fuel to what we're creating on social media and on these various platforms. Cause now people are using their TV for that instead of that traditional programming, right? Which is so interesting. So when you think about your focus this year, like last year was huge, obviously like you, you did so many different things. You sold empathy, like all these big plays and major moves. Do you see this year for you as more of a continuation of growing and sustaining all the things that you already have in play? Do you have anything big that you're planning on kind of adding into the mix? Like what does this year, like what, what are you envisioning? What's your focus this year? Um, continuation for sure. I'm very Vayner X world these days. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always flirting. You know, I'm eight, my eighty percent focus on continuation because of my tenacity, my skill set, yeah. my passion, my energy, my work ethic is like most people's one fifty. Yeah, which gives me the twenty percent to be creative. So there's never a time that I'm not up to something. Mm -hmm. Some years manifest more things than others. Um, I'm, I'm paying a little more attention to investing. Mm -hmm. Um. I am spending a lot of time thinking about Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, I continue to, you know, all of VaynerX was built to buy and start businesses. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about that. Those are the things that stand out for now. Yeah. When you think about buying businesses, because I do think you get to a certain point where like acquisitions and then like investing in other companies becomes important versus channeling like everything into just building. What are some of the things that you really look for and how do you identify like businesses that you would want to acquire that you would want to invest in? Like, what is that thought process? Well, I spent 15 years building a brand so it comes to me. So that's that. Yeah. A lot of things come to me. Yeah. Um, I'm always listening to culture. So I'm paying attention. Yeah. So there's also that. Um, there's, there's only two things I look at. Do I believe in this idea or product. Yeah. 
And do I believe that she or he that I'm sitting in front of who runs it is capable of running it to a way bigger place than it is today? And when I say way bigger, it's because most people's valuation on their businesses are too high. Yes. So, you know, when somebody walks in and says, Karen, I'll give you a good one, Rachel Tipograph. When she came with Micmac, you know, I think it was a six or $8 million valuation based on an idea. So by nature, it's overpriced. Do yeah. I believe she and the idea can go to the moon? I did, hence why I invested. Right, right. I love it. I love it. So let's just, before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about culture. Um, this is something you and I share in common is like a huge passion. I think culture is the heartbeat of any company. I think it's the most important element of a company. And obviously, like before everyone was remote and working from home, you were like an office guy. Like you were always in the office. You were very disciplined. You were either like, in the office or on the road, on the way to a meeting, traveling. And so as you've looked at how you're driving your companies, you said you're very in VaynerX right now as a focus, you know, talk to me a little bit about some of what is on your mind right now when you think about really investing in that culture that has driven the growth of your companies. Well, first it's about empowering people, right? Claude Silver, the chief heart officer, you know, we prioritize people. So you know, whether it's raises or time off or, you know, we, we, you know, first it's intent. It's like, like as a parent, are you a good parent? Well, do you actually, actually in your soul have an incredible amount of passion to do right for your kids? Or are you still in a place where you're searching for something for yourself? So your selfishness is taking up some of your ability to be selfless to this child, right? So, A, I think we have that good intent. B, um, you hire a new infrastructure around it, cool. C, I'll give you a little small example. I realized that people don't know how to handle their their Zoom fatigue, right? They, whether they're good at it or not good at it. Some people are, some aren't. So we're implementing something now every day at 1.37 p.m. Eastern, this keynote series, 15 minutes, somebody comes in that's fancy and does a Q&A or a keynote and it's really cool and yeah. the company will love. And so just little things like that. So like yeah. forcing the company to take a break, which really make, and I did a weird time. We own 1.37 PM as a yeah. brand. So we did it that time, but it's good because if it's 1.37 to 1.52, they can't do anything at 1.30 to 1.37. <laughs> they can't do anything from 1.52 to, yeah. to two. So they've got 15 minutes for themselves, which excites me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's it's being connected. It's being connected. It's It, it's it's all comes down to it all comes down to intent and then acting on it. Yeah, 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 brilliant. I love it. Any parting advice that you want to share for entrepreneurs? What should we be thinking about? What should we be, you know, focusing our energy on? Self-awareness and self-love lead to strategy that allows you to become what you want to be. So what I would say is, you know, I suck at a lot of things. I actually don't love balancing my checkbook, meaning like I don't, I'm not in my numbers so crazily. Uh, I struggled with candor, believe it or not, because one of the things that's made me popular was candor in public and on stage, but not as an operator. Um, you know, I didn't do well with health and wellness the majority of my life. Um, I've had corked, you know, uh, forest. Um, I just, I, I mean, I've, those are two companies that I co-founded that failed. I invested in, hundreds of companies that have gone to zero. Like, it's awesome to not be good at things. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then, and just be nice to yourself. If you don't like yourself, it means your parents and your environment created that. And I think you need to figure that out because once you love yourself, you can do things. So I would say the two selves, self-awareness and self-love, I think are foundational bricks to give you the permission and opportunity to actually set yourself up for success. And then you have to have, that self-love will play out later because one of the reasons most people don't do things is they're worried about judgment. But if you love yourself, other people's opinions only can penetrate you so much. Now, loving yourself doesn't mean delusional ridiculousness and you're a jerk. It just means being awesome to yourself. And a lot of people struggle with that. And it's, it's a big focus of mine. Yeah, so good. So, so good. I love it. I couldn't agree more. Gary V, everybody, thanks so much for joining the show today. It's great to Cheers. have you. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things for me? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their business online. And I would so appreciate and have so much gratitude to you if you could take that action for me. And subscribing is what gets you notified each time a new show gets released so you never miss a thing. Our listener reviews have helped us to climb into the top 15 of all marketing podcasts and we'd love your help to keep on climbing. Here's to our next 600 episodes. Episodes together. We so appreciate you and look forward to thousands more.